And you may be seated if you want to find your Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Timothy as we continue our study in classic Christianity going through this book. And today's Family Sunday, so you might notice we got some of the younger kids with us. I think it's like kindergartner on up. They're up here. And uh, this last week was sports camp. We had kids all over. In fact, if you were a kid that was in sports camp or a leader, I need to see your hands like real high. So I sweet. Okay, we see all these folks here. All right, so we've got okay. So we even had parents helping their child because they weren't sure they were here or not, but they were here, and it was awesome. They worked on all sorts of skills this week. They worked on basketball and soccer and football and volleyball, and we had. All of our youth, we had like 50-plus students working with these kids and helping them their skills. And it wasn't just skills. We also were teaching them about faith in Christ. Uh, There were devotions given by students. And we were helping these students develop skills for life and skills in sports. Now, if you've played sports, you know that it's more than just having some skills. Like, so you can dribble a basketball, but that's a good skill to have, and that'll be helpful But you need to have a strategy if you're ever in a game time situation. You have to have a plan. You have to have a play like how you're going to actually score a basket or how you're going to make a touchdown or how you're even going to win the game. In fact, if you don't have a strategy, you're probably not going to win. And sports really won't be all that fun because you don't have a play. The same could be said about life, especially about following Jesus. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a play, if you don't have a strategy, I think you're going to find that it's going to be pretty difficult to follow Jesus, especially in this world in which we live. And so I just want to take a quick time out. What is your plan for following Jesus? Okay. And I see a lot of folks who like sitting on their hands right now. Do you have a plan? Um... Maybe you're, right now you're recalling it. Some of you are inventing one in case he, like, is he going to ask me? Uh, maybe you just need a review or a fine-tuning. But if you do not have a plan or you're not sure or you'd like a good review, could I suggest that you follow the plan that the Apostle Paul gives us beginning in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 13 through the rest of the chapter. I'll tell you, it is critically important that you and I have a strategy, a plan on how we're going to follow Jesus. Because if we don't, we're likely just to get caught up in this world. And following Jesus, far from being a joy and a delight, it's going to be a struggle because you're not actually sure even how you go about it or what you do. So let's just take a look at it. I want to give you just a very simple plan to follow Jesus in this life. And the first part of it is this. You want to grow strong in your faith. You want to grow strong in your faith. Let's take a look at it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. Paul writes, But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So you need to understand something In this world, there will be people that are deceived and will try to deceive you. There are evil men, people that maybe have just absolute wicked desires. They actually do not like God. They're opposed to him. In fact, they want you to try to eliminate thinking about God, anything he has to say in his word. They are evil. 
And there are some that are imposters. They say they're, they come across as religious leaders, spiritual teachers, but indeed they're actually posing as such because they really don't know Jesus. They don't really love him and they don't really know how to follow him. And hence, if they don't know, they could never actually teach anybody else. He says, you want to be aware that there are evil men and imposters. And if you remember from the last couple of weeks we looked at in chapter 3, verse 8, he talked about these two Egyptian magicians, Janus and Jambres, who opposed Moses. They were those who tried to divide Moses from the people. They would try to uh, duplicate any miracle that Moses might have done. They tried to separate the people from following Moses and believing his word. And their plan is very simple, and we covered it. Their plan is infiltration, manipulation, separation. Infiltration, they want their ideas to be accepted. Manipulation, they start twisting, trying to twist your thinking to follow them so that you believe that their ideas are valid, and then they create a separation. Separation from you and the truth and anybody who teaches it. And Paul says, you need to understand in this world, there is a defense that is set up to blow up any play that you might have about following Jesus. Just like if you've got a plan in offense, uh, you need to know that there is a defense that is trying to destroy that plan. The same is true spiritually. You see it there in verse 13. He says, but you, verse 14, you, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. You, on the other hand, you keep following the patterns that were given to you by me. Remember? And he actually went through the plans of, of the pattern of, that Paul actually gave Timothy. Timothy also learned it from his mother and his grandmother. This, this simple and profound plan of following Jesus, of trusting him, not only as Savior, but as Lord of his life. And he says, you want to have a growth mindset. This has the idea that you keep Growing, And when we talk about a growth mindset, it's the idea that all of life provides opportunities to grow. Your mistakes, you learn from them. You take advantage of opportunities. You look for teachers and those who will disciple you, and you're always learning and you're growing in your faith. Because if you and I are going to follow Jesus, we always must have the plan that we are growing in our faith. That means if you're going to grow strong in your faith... You've got to have folks, people, and resources that are going to teach you about God and what it really means to follow Him. How many of you are familiar with the VeggieTales? Okay, just curious. Oh, look at that. VeggieTales is very popular, especially among the adults. Okay, whoa. Okay, there we go. You, got, you recognize these guys? Uh, who's the cucumber? Anybody remember? And the tomato? Did you know that we actually have a Bob and Larry in our church that actually teach a Sunday class, an equipping class? They're here. Uh, I'm not going to point them out. One of them's blushing. I can see that right now. You just stay tuned. This fall, they're teaching a Christianity 101. They look something like that, only a little different, okay? And you're familiar with VeggieTales. VeggieTales have been around. I mean, I've learned a lot of deep theology from this, this cucumber and this tomato, man, their gang, you know? And they these... VeggieTales really caught on because they were teaching truth about God, principles about what it means to follow him, Christian values, and, and it caught on with all sorts of people, with little children, big kids, 
college kids were enamored by them, adults, grandparents. I mean, that's why we're so familiar with this tomato and this cucumber. We know their names. We, we like them, right? So they took on such a popularity that NBC saw this trend of all these people that would go and watch uh, VeggieTales. They decided, you know what? we got to get on the action. I'll tell you what. We're going to make all these Christians happy. We're going to put them on NBC. And so in 2006, they actually worked out a deal where they were going to start featuring the VeggieTales in their Saturday morning cartoon lineup. And everybody was pretty excited about this. I mean, even just a wider audience to talk about God and about Scripture and, and what it means to follow Him. Well, everybody's excited until the first episode. And the second and the third. Something was missing. Bob and Larry, although in the shows that they'd seen before were talking about God, all of a sudden they found out that they're not talking about God anymore. In fact, it's very rare that there was any reference to God. All the scripture references were gone. And like people are wondering, what's going on? Why is it that they're, they've changed? Bob and Larry's message isn't the same message, yet they're kind of going through the same motions. And they're kind of like, they're, they're edited versions of their program. And so there was quite an uproar, and people were asking, what's going on? NBC said, hey, everybody calm down here. Uh, we, we had to edit it out uh, a little bit because we have to fit within this tight 23-minute time block because you have to get all the commercials in. So what we're going to do is we edit it out. Well, they're saying, yeah, you edited out the things that make it true, what it's really about. And so NBC made this statement, and I want to give it to you, quote, NBC, when they're facing kind of this backlash, they said NBC is committed to the positive messages and universal values of VeggieTales. Our goal is to reach as broad an audience as possible with these positive messages. And listen to this. While being careful not to advocate any one religious point of view. These were explicitly Christian cartoons. And they're like, yeah, we like the vegetables and they're kind of cute and they have funny songs. We're going to cut out all the parts that they talk about God and all the parts they talk about the Bible because we want them just to be universally adapted. Friends, what NBC did with VeggieTales happens all the time and it's happening even in churches. They're omitting the truth of the word. The idea of following Jesus as Lord and worshiping him and having a sense of conviction and morals that are based upon the ones that God has given well, it's kind of like we're taking the NBC route and we're just going to cut those things out. After all, that may not be popular with some people. And after all, if you take a stand on the values and what Scripture teaches, you're going to probably offend a few folks. And you can't have that. Friends, if you're going to grow strong in your faith, you've got to have it a priority that that is your mindset. Like in my backyard... Um, kind of inspired by the tomatoes, but uh, I'm actually trying to grow some tomatoes. And I've got these two tomato plants, okay? They don't look that good, but I did actually harvest some tomatoes last night. I was super pumped about that, okay? It was great. So let me ask you, for all of you and all of you kids about what you know about gardening, what do you think will help my tomato plants grow? Would, for instance, water, is that helpful? How many of you think that's, is that helpful? The answer is yes. Good. Okay. Uh, what about, um, how about a child stepping on my tomato plant? Is that going to help my tomato plant? 
No, isn't it? No, it's not. Okay, um, how about this? How about sunlight? Is sunlight going to help? Yes, tomatoes need sun. Good job up there. Okay, I know. How about, how about this? How about a lawnmower? Will that help my tomato plant grow? No, okay. So we teach my junior high boy, no, you go around the tomato plant. You do not go over the tomato plant. Let me ask you this. How about miracle Grow fertilizer? Oh, yeah. You want them to go out of control? Just put a little bit of that around there? Yes, that'll really help them grow. How about this one? I wasn't sure about this. I'm going to need some help. How about a feral hog? Will that help my... If anybody, do you have one of those in your backyard? I know some of you do, right? Okay. Is that going to help your tomato plant? No. You see, some things are helpful for growth, and some things are harmful and will not help you grow. Uh, it's kind of like your own physical development. You know, like if you're going to grow up to be big and strong, you know how your parents are always talking about that? What are some things that they tell you you need to do if you're going to grow up big and strong? You need to have what? You need to eat your vegetables, right? You need to eat all the good food that they're giving you. You need exercise. You need to go to bed. Has any kid ever heard about that, right? You need your sleep, right? Actually, your parents need their sleep, and they're trying to get you in bed so they can get their sleep, but you need your sleep as well, right? You can see all these things are possible, helpful for growing. You need to have enjoyment. You need to have recreation. You need to have rest. You need to have social times because all these things are important for your growth. Well, the same is true in our lives. You know, if you're just sitting around this summer and playing video games and eating junk food, that's not going to help you grow. If this is your summer, you're not really going to grow that well. I'll tell you the same is true spiritually. You and I need that which promotes growth. We need spiritual development. We need to learn how to talk to Jesus in prayer. Whether you're, like, maybe before your meals, that's always a good idea. But even as you go through the day, whether you're playing outside or you're on your way to class or you're waking your, making your way to vacation Bible school or sports camp or on your way to work or during work, learning to talk with God, learning to enjoy God, learning to read and apply the Word, uh, learning how to ask God for peace and perspective, asking God to give you patience, asking God... Would you help me love these people, especially the difficult ones? Would you help me to forgive? Would you help me to learn how to honor and respect my parents so I honor and respect you? Friends, all of this is helpful to growing strong. And by the way, if you are going to actually follow Jesus in this life, you need to have a game plan. And that game plan needs to be this. Grow strong in your faith. And let me give you the second part. There's just two parts to it, at least what Paul gives us. A game plan for following Jesus. Grow strong in your faith and know the wisdom of the word. You see, following Jesus is to be a way of life. So we grow strong in our faith and we are to know the wisdom of the word. Look at this in verse 15. He says, and that from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Did you see that? That from childhood, that when you were just a young boy, you started hearing the scriptures. For Timothy's sake, he actually heard it in the synagogue, but he also heard it from his mother and his grandmother. Remember in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul writes, he says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. Do you remember that your parents taught you the word? And friends, 
if you're a parent or a grandparent, I want you to know how critically important it is that somehow God's word has a way of being presented to your children. I want you to know here at Fellowship Bible Church, like Bible's our middle name, we are always teaching the scriptures. If your kids go through our elementary program, they will have gone through the Bible twice. We're teaching them the scriptures and how they point to Jesus Christ, but we are supplemental to what takes place at home. Don't think like, well, I'm just going to dump the kids off here at the church and they'll take care of their spiritual lives. No, we're supplemental. It's kind of like you're the meat and potatoes. We're the Flintstone vitamin. Okay, we want to help you. But notice he says that from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which is a reference to the Old Testament. And, And really look how powerful verse 15 is. You've known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom. God's word gives wisdom, wisdom for all of life. Wisdom has the idea of skill for living, that you live well, that you live skillfully, but it's specifically the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The word of God in its entirety points to Jesus Christ. It shows us our need because we're sinners and the wages of sin is death. And it points to a savior, Jesus, who dies and pays the penalty for our sins and rises again. It will make you wise. It will instruct you. And yet what happens is uh, instead of the scriptures pointing people, whether they're children or adults, to Jesus Christ, we've kind of reduced the Bible to just a book of nice morals and nice values. Kind of like uh, Aesop's fable. They are just some lessons for life. You know, listen, if you want to get some just decent morals, if that's all you're interested in, you're not really interested in relationship with God, you can watch the Andy Griffith show on Netflix and you'll just get some good morals. What God is doing is bringing transformation to your life. And he does so by pointing to Jesus Christ and you and I learning to trust him, experience the joy of being united with him. And he literally changes us from the inside out. He places his spirit in our lives. And it's the word of God that points us to Christ. And yet so often what happens is we take the Bible and like we take folks like Samson and David and Gideon and we try to turn them into like Christian versions of like a Marvel comic book. You know, they've got these huge bulging muscles and they're just super strong and they just kind of do things. Well, that's all nice. But actually, the Bible is meant to point us to Christ and how we find our life in him. It shows us about creation, about fall, about redemption, about new creation. I read one guy, uh, apparently a pastor was teaching on a Noah. And uh, we've all heard about Noah and about the flood and how he built the ark. You guys heard about that? And this was the driving point that he had. So you see Noah and you see what he did with the animals. Let me show you how you apply this. What you need to do is you need to go love animals like Noah. Can I get an amen on that one? You know, really? Is that all there is to Noah and the ark? I'm pretty sure there's more to it. There's the idea that God brings judgment to sin. And every time God brings judgment to sin, all the wrong things that we've done, there is always salvation. There is an ark to get into. And his name is Christ. If you look at the the apostles, like in the book of Acts, 
Do you notice that they used the Old Testament scriptures because that's all they had. The New Testament was being written. And they kept showing from the Old Testament how these pointed to Christ. They prophesied. They promised his coming. They showed the need for a savior and they used the Old Testament to do it. And I want you to make sure that you don't miss this at the end of verse 13, 15. Salvation is found where? Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. If you want rescue from your sins, you want forgiveness in life, and you want real relationship with God, if that's really what you want, it's found where? Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's not in good works. It's not in baptism. It's not in church attendance. It's not in confirmation. It's not following the Ten Commandments. If you really want salvation, forgiveness of sins, and real relationship with God, it's found where? Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. You see, that's how you and I follow Jesus in this life. We're growing strong in our faith, and we're knowing the wisdom of his word. It's like Paul said in Galatians, it's the law and it keeps pointing us to Christ. It's like a tutor that keeps teaching us our need and the joys of knowing Jesus. And notice what he says about the Bible. Look at verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good word. The, the word, uh, you see that all scripture is inspired that literally means God breathed. God is so intimately involved in the, in the lives of humanity with his creation that he literally speaks and gives forth his word. It is absolutely true. Don't think of inspiration like Shakespeare. Well, he was just a kind of an inspired writer. No, he was a good writer. But true inspiration means it's literally God breathed. It comes from God. It's not a collection of stories and fables and myths and ideas about what people had about God. It's literally God has chosen these authors and these books to communicate who he is, why we need him, what it looks like to follow him in this life. And it is profitable. You see that? All scripture is inspired by God and it's beneficial for teaching. It teaches us about who God is, what is true, what is false, what is right, what is wrong. It is it tells us exactly what we need in this life to not only know God, to trust in Christ, but how to follow him. I had a, a kind of a bad situation happening when I was a little kid. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget this. It was like one of those things that was seared into my life. Um, we had in our little house that we lived in, Montana, we had this stove. And this it's very much like that. And you know how these like little spiral burners and like my mom had told me several times not to touch it, but I was fascinated by like how it would turn so orange, you know, this is like glowing and like calling my name. And it looked like really, wouldn't that be really cool to touch that? And so one day when my mom wasn't looking, guess what I did? I went and I touched it. Yeah, it, it looked cool, but it was really hot and it burned me. My mother had warned me not to touch it. But you know what? I, like, I was so fixed on that. Like, doesn't that look like something you want to touch? I learned an important lesson. Mom knows what she's talking about, right? You want to learn that lesson. Like if your parents tell you not to touch the stove, 
listen, I'm begging you, don't do it. It's painful. You, you don't get to play for the rest of the day because you're sitting with ice on your hand. It's not good. God teaches us. Do you see that from the scripture? All scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching. God tells you this is the right way. Stay away from this. This is how you experience love and relationship. This is how you grow. These are how you take the next steps. Avoid these dangers. Avoid this because it's painful. I'm talking not only if you're a child. I mean, the word is so clear. Think about it, adults. God says, listen, walk with me. Know my joy. I'll give you my spirit. I'll give you Jesus so you can experience life with me. Stay away from this and that. Don't do this. Oh, I know it's popular. Yeah, I already told you there's imposters out there that'll say, oh, it's fine. You can do that. I know it looks good. It'll even feel good for a short time, but it'll hurt you bad. Don't touch the stove. It'll burn you. Friends, that's what God does. He loves us so much. He tells us life the way life really is. How to really experience joy and how to avoid great harm. And that's what the word does. He does it through his word. All scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof. The word of God actually corrects us when we do what is wrong. When we make an error in judgment. When we have a wrong belief. You know, it's the Bible that teaches us what is true. And he also says it's profitable for correction. That is to set something in its proper condition. So like if something should fall, let's say like a picture falls off the table... To put it back on the table is for, it's like the idea, correction. This word was also used like if someone fell down. Let's say they stumbled and you helped them up. That's the word here, correction. Friends, that happens to us sometimes. Have you ever tripped and fallen? I have in lots of different ways. And when you fall, like I've fallen several times, like, the, this is the worst, and I, I'm embarrassed to even tell you this. But, okay, I, have, I like to go running. And uh, one time I was running several years ago, and I had, like, extra long shoelaces on my shoes. And they came that way. I didn't put them on there. And then I go, you know, I double knot. I tuck, tuck them in and stuff like that. And I'm running, but these loops are so big that they caught one of my feet, and I went, bam, just hit this. Hit the, I was going over this bridge. I hit it super hard. And it was painful, and I broke the fall of my wrist but for months. My wrists were hurting. And, you know, but I got back up. And I eventually recovered. God's word, he, he helps you back up. He shows you that there is forgiveness in Christ. Have you ever sinned and messed up? I know I'm not the only one here. We all have. Guess what? God, thank you. I got one honest young boy, about four years old there. And the rest of you are like, I'm not sure if I sin. Maybe. Okay. But we got a guy back there. He knows what's going on. You and I were talking right now. God brings us back up when we stumble. You know how he does it? He shows us the loveliness of Jesus. Listen, I, I've forgiven you, my son. I'm going to help you back up. And we're going to get stronger. We're going to grow from this experience. And we're going to move forward. You see, the scripture is profitable for correction for training in righteousness. This has the idea of like training a child. And just like a child is trained... So that they will walk fully mature in every respect. I mean, that is the goal. If you're a parent, you want to take your child and you're always in a pattern of moving them on a trajectory where they're going to be able to walk with God and be fully functional in this world. And you, and you release them and you launch them. Just like you train a child, God says, I'm going to train you and this is how I do it. 
I use my word. I use the scripture. I'll give you my spirit. I will give you my son. You follow Jesus and you apply my word. I'll help you and I'll, I'll do this work in you. And really what happens is God brings us to the fullness of maturity. And he says in verse 17, so that the man of God, the person that follows God, that knows God, may be adequate, capable, proficient, equipped for every good work. Whatever God wants you to do, to love people, to forgive, to care, to serve, to worship God, to give, to care for the needy, for the poor, for those who are hurting, to see people from God's perspective, to invest your life in sharing the gospel and making disciples. God says, I will equip you. I'll train you. I'll take you from where you're at to the fullness of maturity, what it looks like to really know Jesus and experience the joy of just God doing his work through you. God says, I'll do it. And I'll do it through my word. The question is, will you follow my son? So how do we do it? We just follow Jesus by doing what? By growing. Taking every opportunity to grow. And by knowing the wisdom of the word. God uses his word to help us in every respect. He gives us wisdom. He keeps pointing out how we can find peace in the midst of adversity. He shows us how we can really know God in this life and how to make disciples. You see, the focal point of the Bible is Christ. He's the one who saves us. He strengthens us. He guides us. And he loves us. And following Jesus is our way of life. Now, if you need just a simple pattern to know the wisdom of the word, let's say maybe you've been coming here for a little while and you're like, man, I I really see that the Bible is important to my spiritual life. Like I read this text and I get that. I've just never been one who's actually ever spent much time in the Bible. Let me just give you a simple pattern to follow. And maybe you just start out with just just start out with like five minutes or ten minutes a day. Here's a simple pattern. First is just read. Just find a time, set it in your calendar. If you find a regular time, like in the morning, lunchtime, before you go to bed, find just a regular time that works in your schedule. Maybe you have to get up 10 minutes early. You're going to be okay, but you just read. And maybe you take this book, 2 Timothy. Maybe you just read one chapter or you just read it in its entirety. Like for the rest of the summer, just read this one book, 2 Timothy. It will literally change you and transform you. But find whatever, uh, there's New Testament books, Old Testament books, look at the Psalms, look at the Proverbs, but find a pattern and just start reading. And then, the second is reflect. Think about what you're learning. So it's not that you just read, oh, read my chapter, done, but you think about what I'm learning. God, what are you teaching me in this? What, what do I learn about you, about salvation, about Jesus, about myself, about life from this? And then you respond. It's so interesting God uses his word to actually direct our behavior. Like, what? how should I respond to this? In light of what I've read, what would it look like to apply this? Just ask God. He's going to give you some ideas on what that looks like. And then finally, remember. I mean, it's great if you actually start responding, but you want to remember these things. Some people take notes and they write down, you know, something that God taught me. They do it in a journal. Maybe you just take a mental note, but you remember. So it's just read, reflect, respond. And remember, but God uses his word to accomplish his work in our lives. Has anybody ever heard the song, the B-I-B-L-E? Does anybody know that one? What is it? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. 
Oh, I guess you have heard it. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Friends, if you're following Jesus, the Bible is your book. And this is how we follow Jesus. Let me just give you the simple game plan. You want to grow strong in our faith, and you want to know the wisdom of the word. Because following Jesus is a way of life. So what's going to happen here? We're just about ready to break our huddle. Did you know that? This is like a huddle. We're at our worship service, and we've called the play. What's the play? Know the wisdom. Uh, we need to grow strong in our faith and know the wisdom of the word. Do you know that? And we're about to walk through those doors, and we're going to go to our homes, into our neighborhood, into our communities. We're going to the shopping malls. We're going to go to restaurants, except for Chick-fil-A, because they're closed on Sundays. We're going out in the world, aren't we? Do you know the play? I'm going to find out. Who knows the play? If you can tell me the play, it might be worth it. Okay, I'm, anybody can tell me the play. Who's got it? Oh, my goodness, this is terrible. Anybody? Are, are you serious? Okay, I got one here. Okay, what's the play? What is it? You just wanted the candy? What's the play? Okay, reading the Bible, that's really good. And anything else? Praying? Okay, you got half of it. How about I'll share with you these after service, okay? All right. Who's, who knows? Okay, you know the play? What's the play? Go ahead. Well, that's a good one on, on the... Uh, on how to read the Bible, we'll, we'll give you that. Good. Okay. Who else? Who knows? Yes. Okay. All right. What is the play? What's the play? Growing your faith. Excellent. What's the second part? You got it. You want to help her? You're not allergic to nuts, are you? Knowing the word, right? Do you? Okay. You are allergic to nuts. You're not. Okay. There you go. All right. One, I got one more. Oh, yeah. The sour neon worms. The coveted sour. Okay, what is it? Oh, well, that's really good. We want to do that, all right? Yes, we want to share Jesus with our friends, and we want to, what? Keep growing in our faith and knowing the word, right? Awesome. There you go. Share that with your mom, okay? All right. So, listen. Friends, that's the play. And a couple of our kids have got it. I hope all of you got this nailed. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you so much for your word. It is powerful. It is true. And you tell us how we can follow Jesus in this life by growing strong in our faith and knowing the wisdom of the word. And Lord, if there's someone who's come here today and they've never trusted Christ, will they just right now just pray with me and say, Lord... I turn from myself and my sin. I have followed the ways of this world way too long. And I've got some serious consequences because of it. But today I'm trusting in Christ as Savior and as Lord. And Lord, for all of us, we want to follow Jesus closely in this world. So help us to grow stronger in our faith and to know the wisdom of your word for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.